Hey, welcome back to Smiley Sound, the influences of Brett and Smiley. I am your host, Brett Marcotte, and today we are talking about the continuation of the influence of music that it has on an artist. And I feel like this is a big topic, and this is why I'm doing a podcast on it. For every musician out there, I feel that a lot of people limit themselves to whatever is hot out right now, you know, like whatever is the coolest track, whatever's on the, I don't even know if radio is honestly a factor anymore, I really don't listen to the radio often, and it makes me laugh because I'll go on to the radio now and hear songs, because I follow artists through Spotify and, um, YouTube and whatever else like if artists pop up I'm like ah let's see it let's see what they got and I discovered a lot of cool artists that way and I, I just enjoy going through catalogs of music I don't enjoy someone playing music for me I just enjoy doing it myself and that's just the metalhead in me and that's a whole nother factor we'll get into later but when it comes to music nowadays I'm speaking of is to my knowledge like I have friends that they only listen to Nav and I have friends that only listen to Young Thug and friends who only listen to Taylor Swift, friends who only listen to whatever else, you know what I mean? Like, there's there's a lot of cool artists out there. It doesn't matter who you listen to, but there's a it makes me or The Weeknd, for example, or Travis Scott. That there, there's a lot of artists who, you know, you have to really look look around and see. I mean, judge for yourself. I mean, I'm just a person who loves all type of music, so I'm going to listen to everything, whatever that comes out that week and listen to as much as I can, and if I don't, whatever, I'll get to it when I get to it, but musicians put themselves in a box a lot, and it kind of uh, upsets me in a way, because there's musicians that I listen to who I'm just like, you need to do something different, and you need to do it yourself, you need to do, like, your own style, you need to do, like, you can't just be doing country covers, you can't just be doing, uh, rock and roll covers, or metal covers, or whatever it is, I've seen, I'll never forget, I went to, uh, place in Cranston no actually this is in uh, Smithfield this is in Smithfield uh a bar up there and this guy we were with just you know just a bunch of people I just showed up with some friends I didn't know what we were doing that night and I didn't know this guy was going to be on but uh showed up with a friend just sitting around talking and I was just drawn to this guy this guy had a regular less probably just a Dean Les Paul whatever it was but a Les Paul shaped guitar so of course I'm like what what this guy sounds like and I see he's got a loop pedal, and he's got little, like, effect things to do, like, drum sounds and stuff like that. Just slow drum sounds and things of the sort. But he's soloing over a loop pedal, and I'm like, yo, this is the new age artist right here. And this was probably, like, two, three years ago now. But I was like, this is cool. I'm like, that's something I need to do in bars. And I was just mesmerized by it. And it was funny. Some of the girls we were with were kind of like, hey, like, uh, you want to, like, <laughs> look over? I'm like, nah, I... I'm paying attention to this right now. Like that, to, to me, music it's a beautiful thing, especially watching it live. So sorry to the females we were with that night, but that was the one. If you take me to live music and expect me to pay attention, my apologies. I'm going to be paying attention to the music because I'm a musician. That's my craft. That's what I do. I would if I go to DJs at, at a show. Oh hell yeah, I'm gonna have fun, some fun, get drunk, and all that. But I'm feeling the shit out of that music. And I'm a, I'm a dissector of it when it comes to producing. I like to dissect music when I'm listening to it, especially live. I love, like, thinking to myself, like, tracks, how many tracks are being played. And, like, you go to an EDM concert, for example, 
a lot different from going to a rock and roll show or hip hop show. And I can't really reference hip hop show as much. I've only seen the Wu Tang Clan. Uh, shout out Wu Tang Clan, my absolute favorite artists who are hip hop heads and hip hop everything. But um, anyway, when you go to an EDM show, for example, you are nine out of ten times in a club. And when you're in a club, you're just on the floor. So I think it's a cool experience because you're just looking up at the DJ. All these lights are blaring and like bass is thumping. But just you got to dance. You got to have fun. If you don't, go home, honestly. There's no reason. Like I've had times we got all the way to New York and just like we tired ourselves out. And then at the end of the night, I'm like, crap, I wish I had a way to just get out of here right now. <laughs> but I didn't want to abandon my friends. But uh, it happens, you know? I mean, when it comes, you have to prepare for these things and these types of shows. Like, for me, I love going to just regular country shows, for example. My dad and I always go to them. We go to, like, uh, Chris Stapleton's a big one we always go to. Uh, my friends, I always go to Brad Pate's. That's, like, my special one I go for myself. And uh, I'd say Chris Stapleton's a great performer because you go see him, and you can pick apart and dissect with your ears because it is literally four musicians on stage five sometimes if his wife's there and sometimes it's not like this recently he, he traveled with Sturgill Simpson if you don't know what Sturgill Simpson is Sturgill Simpson just came out with an anime uh kind of I don't even know how to describe it. it's like alternative folk music essentially but it was an anime and it was the coolest thing I had ever seen I was like I was an inspiration I would love to do that one day so thank you Sturgill Simpson for inspiring that idea and um to see him live and just solo guitar with Chris Stapleton, it made me realize that you can be a recording artist and just tour with your friends. You know, I think it's the coolest. I would love to do that one of these days. Shout any one of my friends who ever wants to just do country music or whatever, and you just need some dude who can do some rockabilly type like uh, neck pickup playing. I, I'm your guy. Call me up. I'll gladly do it. It's a goal of mine to just tour with a country musician one of these days. I've done some auditions because it's just in the back pocket. You know, I'd love to do it. It'd be some cool little... I don't even care how much I get paid, honestly. Just... I might even do it for free here and there. Someone really wants me to. But I love country guitar playing. It is some of the most fun guitar playing out there. And I feel like that is why a lot of people need to not box themselves in when it comes to influence on music. And when it comes to that, and me saying that is, I was that person who boxed himself in for a long time. I only wanted to listen to rock and roll. And whether it was Kiss, ACDC, Metallica, Pantera, Van Halen, I'd say that's probably like my top five. No order, but that's like my top five. And uh, there, I just only listened to those. I would just studied those artists. Like create, I loved doing it. But it wasn't until probably Eminem, it was one of those things, like, people would show me music videos, and I would just laugh at them, because, like, these are the funniest things I've ever seen, as a, what, third grader, fourth grader, however old I was at the time, but, um, not understanding the full meanings of them, obviously, but, uh, you know, seeing those music, it takes me back every single time, it's one of those funny things of, of music, but, and especially visuals, music videos, but, if I didn't see those music videos and listen to the music, and listen to how, like, funky, like, the Dre beats were and everything, I'd, I'd honestly probably still just be a person who is just experimenting with just shit on my guitar at the end of the day, you know? I wouldn't think of much other stuff. I probably wouldn't dive a little more into see what the softwares are and everything, but it wasn't until I started listening to Eminem, then Kanye, and um, all hip-hop. As soon as I got to Kanye, 
my biggest thing about Kanye as an influence is Kanye is an artist where he is also a he's he's considered a super producer. Him, Pharrell, Timbaland, those are the types that are super producers. And I wouldn't consider myself that now. I do do a lot of things with producing, and time will tell once the rest of my projects come out with other people. But I don't consider myself that at the moment. It is a goal of mine, though. Like if 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 you ever think like. Oh, Brett Stravin to be a super producer? You're absolutely 100% nail on the head right there. I am 100% trying to be a super producer one of these days. But as we speak, 2020, moving on to 2021, not, I, I wouldn't consider myself that now, you know? But those types of people, and Kanye, for example, he started doing beats with Def Jam and No ID. And then, so from Def Jam, he went to... They, they literally sit in a room with Cameron, Jay-Z, and especially doing that beats for Jay-Z. I mean, the blueprint, come on. Some of the best beats of all time. The best sample. You got Jim Morrison sample on that. That's, I'm a huge Jim Morrison fan. I think that is the coolest thing that they have a Jim Morrison sample on there. But Kanye just knows how to do his shit, and he knows how to do it right, and he knows how to throw influences from people and just, like, toss them right in there. And I loved watching that through his career. I love watching. Just, I watched this old video of him making a beat. I think this is how I actually got the biggest a bit of inspiration of him besides uh, another interview of him. That's another story. But this particular video I saw because I was just trying to figure out how to make a beat at the time. I didn't care how to any of the softwares or like anything else. I wanted to know. How I could do it, like, if if I wanted to loop, like, Ed Sheeran at the time, for example, that's another artist who I, a very big influence of mine, I'll speak about him after this, but I, at that time, I wanted to know how to make a beat, and how to make it in any way possible, so I just put in Kanye West making a beat in YouTube, I probably the senior year of high school, maybe freshman year of college, and... The samples were very different, and he was just like messing around with them. And then finally, at the end, he played it, and then just a. And I was like, that was not in the first part of the video. Like, that is. <laughs> Holy crap. And just watching that little process of that one video got me hooked. I was like, all right, how from that? How can I. And I realized how they did it in the old. Not old, it was not that long ago, but in the late 90s, how they made beats on analog equipment. I was like, I want to do that. And then I was like, never mind, it's too expensive. So I found ways within my laptop. And I I, I don't, I think Brass, yeah, Brassel actually got me into Ableton. Uh, and he was 100% the person who deserves the credit for getting me into Ableton because I was, like I said, I was very closed minded. And he was kind of getting me into a little bit with DAWs and a little bit into making a certain MIDI mapping and things like that. But I would never have thought about. In a million years, any of this stuff if it weren't for him. We were talking about DJing with him originally, because there's a time I also thought about DJing, because I'm a creative person, so what I do. Anyway, when we were making beats and everything, I we that was another thing that we connected on is Ed Sheeran, though, was we would watch the live looping videos of him doing it and i remember him all the time he's like bro you can do this man you can do and i'm like yeah i know i can i'm like i need to get a freaking loop pedal years later i did and now i'm starting to master it we'll see how the time goes with it but either way brassel was a big driving force of doing it and then he said what you need is a launch pad and i'm like what are you talking about and he's like 
watch this guy. And he, I don't remember who he showed me, but he showed me someone using a launch pad. And then uh, launch pad is actually what I use for this podcast to, I just, that's the button I hit to record it is the launch pad itself. And it's also how I mix my music. And the launch pad has come with me since those days. We, he literally showed me it. I asked him, is this an expensive product? Because I was watching the guy on the full version of Ableton make the craziest crap with it. And he's like, it's not expensive. And it comes with a uh, demo version. And that's the same demo version that's in my laptop to this day. Right around Christmas time, probably. And I'm not a big gift guy. So when it comes to things that I feel like I would like and I feel like I will utilize, I will use them often. So that's when I, I get the ideas for Christmas. I'm just like, it, it, something like this, you know? So I literally just sent, I think, yeah, I sent it to my dad. And I was just like, if you'd like to get me this for Christmas, it'd be appreciated. And he did. And shout out my dad. I still use it to this day. It is literally the backbone to the software I use. And that one Christmas present has literally brought me endless amounts of opportunity. So thank you, dad, on that one, Scott Marcotte. He is the shit for that. And um, anyway, moving forward, talking about the beat influences with Ed Sheeran, just watching him make live as just a guitar player just beats on his uh, acoustic guitar. Just very inspirational because I would just do that on a normal day i would just make that like while sitting with friends just like like whatever like little stuff on my hands on the uh the strings muted and like i I'd just make as many percussive sounds as while we were all jamming because i just give you that drummers mainly i mean like if we were in a practice room like we would uh unless we were an instrumental workshop then we had drummers but if we were in a practice room we didn't at the moment but we were in a practice room i was like all right let me just use this and uh, mess around with it a little you know so proud of myself on just you know using that technique along with eddie van halen's techniques to create my guitar playing but ed sheeran was a big influence once i started to watch him do that on a loop that this was i was just doing that shit live with my friends and never in a million years did i think to record it or ways that i record it. i just didn't it wasn't in my thought process at the time i had no reason to think of these things so when he did it I'll never forget, we're sitting there, him and another buddy of mine, and we're just watching him make these things, and then the vocal looping, and then just little simple riffs or simple progressions. It was just a a mind... Every time I watch, and this is why I haven't gone to see him live yet, because I just feel like I'll framboy out and freak out like if I see it, because it is the most amazing things. And so, in tw- as of 2020, and um, I don't remember when he... Uh, stopped doing the Divide Tour, but when he stopped doing the Divide Tour, he said that he's going to stop doing the loop pedal thing. And I always said to Brassel, jokingly, I'm like, if he stops, I'll start. So it's one of those things now. It's a little joke, just, eh, if you want. I'm like, yeah, we'll see. And I haven't done live performances yet, but who knows? I'm getting all right with the loop pedal now. So we'll, uh, we'll see if I end up actually using it live in those types of ways. But regardless, Ed Sheeran... Hats off to you, man. You are the greatest influence when it comes to modern musicians doing it yourself and just flowing with a vibe, really. I mean, like, every time I watch his shows, I'm like, this guy is just feeding off the people. And I love when he gets to sing, like, every time he gets to that song. That's just, 
I'll never forget hearing that song the first time. I think it was Jimmy Fallon or Saturday Night Live, whatever, whatever he was performing on. It's just a, it's a late in the evening. Just a boom, 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 the rhythm to it and everything. I thought it was just the coolest, like, shout out to old style, like, funky type acoustic stuff. Like, it, you don't hear stuff like that anymore. And then here Pharrell produced it. <laughs> I was like, holy crap, good for you, brother. But I like to one day look at Ed Sheeran as a peer. I'm looking at as a hero right now. I, I, I don't have any way of meeting Ed Sheeran. And I don't know any connections to meet Ed Sheeran. But I will hope to one day look at him as a songwriting peer. And I'd love to make some music with him one of these days. I'd say for uh, people outside of my realm of Kanye, Brad Paisley, Ed Sheeran's up there. and But, I mean, around the same age, you know. You know I mean, he's, a little, he's older than me. But regardless, he is just a giant in the music industry, in my opinion. He just, he kills it, continues to kill it. I hope that he continues to make good albums. But another big thing with him, too, when he released that number six project, when he released that number six project, it gave me hope because it was him creating his own sounds from his own music and creating, like, just different, like, little, like, pads and different drum patterns and, like, cool stuff. It's a big collaboration project, from my understanding, and then feature artist, but... Regardless, the fact that this man went from the loop pedal, just the loop pedal, and started to create his own sound with that. And then he, he's starting to do, like, I preached, I don't know what he did it in. He could have done it in Logic for all I know. He seems like the person who do stuff in Logic. If he did it in Ableton, great, that's cool. FL, good for, good for you, man. Whatever you used, I think that is the coolest thing, that you took it upon yourself to use your celebrity and use your persona to push that and push like the people doing that type of stuff like and get you got the uh, stormzy on a track too what was that the uh jet plane that that one's crazy man i love 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 that whole everything you did on that thing man but uh anyway get back to the influence of music when you're going through influencing your own sound you really have to dig and you really have to dig backpack bag as much as you can personally I've gone as far back as the Renaissance, really. You know what I mean? Like, you just study, like, little things around music, uh, YouTube, whatever. But I like to go through the, the uh, 20th century. The 20th century music, like, obviously Frank Sinatra is the best of that time. You can't get any better than that. And I'm sure a lot of people from that time will agree with that statement. But he just consistently pumped out the best types of music. So... My biggest thing when you find these people and you find the people who influence not only you or influence your influences, I like to figure out who influences them. And I like to figure out where they learn things and where they go about things. Like Elvis, for example, I don't know much about his influences. I don't know if many people do, but Elvis is one of those people that it doesn't really matter because before Elvis what else was there you know what i mean like how many people can you really name and that's not to insult the people before him it's just he is one of the biggest creators of, and honestly it's one of those things that if elvis was in the streaming times that we had right now probably be way bigger because that was just record sales of everything he did he did not get to experience the future of streaming and everything else that is in the music industry now that can make him more money and more ways to make him money or Colonel Parker money, whatever way you want to look at that situation. But either way, when it comes to making records and just making standalone by yourself record and then like whole albums is another story. 
him and Sinatra both have great catalogs of albums, but their catalogs of singles is significantly better because they're all sonically different in ways. Like, you can't tell me Heartbreak Hotel and um, Rockahoola are the same sound. It's stupid to say something like that. They're completely different vibes, completely different stories, completely different ways of going about songwriting, everything. So I strive to be an artist like that, and I, I can encourage people to strive to be artists like that. Because when it comes to the influence of your music, listening is a huge factor. Yeah, you can just sit down and kind of create whatever you want and just kind of... But if you got to reference it off stuff, even if you have to sample things, like sampling's fun too and uh, a fun way to go about things. I go about, I do sampling different than most people, but um, some people will just take songs, sample it in, create stuff around it, and then take it out, and then there's their song. Cool way to go about it. I think that's a really... In nifty method but when it comes to your influence in your music you really have to kind of dig through the elements of the music and that's to say sonic literally like you have to also put into perspective recording nowadays you can use a regular focus right interface you can use a mac macbook anything on it you can just say the garage band because it's on the macbook you can just take that record anything you want and just manipulate it and mess with it and whatever. You could not do that with the technology back in the 50s, let alone the 1920s. Then there wasn't even anything in the 1800s, period. So this is all very new technology, all very like fresh and very different opposed to our ancestors knew of. So take advantage of the technology as much as you can because... For example, I went to Tennessee and we walked around Studio B in Nashville where Elvis recorded a lot of his um, recordings. And they had the four-track player to the left when you walk in. And I was standing next to a gentleman and he's telling me, he's like, I worked on one of them. And I was like, it must have been an amazing experience. And he was like, nothing compared to what you can do in your laptop and all that. And like, you know, just making fun of the, the way people record nowadays. And um, I was like, hey, man, I'd give anything to go back and, do, and learn that kind of stuff. I'm like, that, that is precision. That is, that's different. It was cool because he was not expecting that answer out of me. He's just like, ah, just some kid, whatever. But he got there and he was like, huh. And he ended up asking the tour guide some questions of differences between uh, those things. It was cool. To, the tour guide told us stuff. My aunt interrupted the question uh, with another one. She was hysterical. I love her. Shout out Amanda Griggs. But um, we... Uh, I really got to see how you needed to rent the space back in those times. The coolest thing about that experience was we got to sit in the studio where Elvis recorded Are You Lonesome Tonight? And that is, a if you're a fan of Echo and Reverb on a song, that is like the epitome of like perfect perfection. And all it was is a flip of a switch that literally looks like an old school like string on a light like my dad used to put on like in the basement like one of them type of things and i'll never forget the guy he's talking through a microphone in the booth and he said he's like this is hooked up to the same microphone on the x i stood in on this x is a picture of me up on my facebook it's really a dope uh experience for me i was like loving every second of it and he's like, where well, that X is right over there. Elvis was standing. It's where he felt that the acoustics were best for his projection of his voice. 
and the he flipped the switch to show on the microphone the echo effect that they had and it was just beautiful to hear that and then he played the track the the actual track that uh elvis did of are you lonesome tonight and i was almost in tears I was like, this is the most beautiful thing I've ever heard. And it's just through the most simple old school technology. And unless you go to some places in Nashville, you can't really find this technology unless you go to like, uh, to my knowledge, at least, unless you go to like Abbey Road in uh, London. The only reason I know that is because Brockhampton had an interview and they were talking about how they asked for a little compression on the mic and they were like, oh, sure. And they pointed to somebody and they're like, no, 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 no. Like in Pro Tools, I can't. And then they literally brought out a compression piece and like, hooked it all up and everything you they're like this isn't necessary <laughs> and it's funny to, to see like the um the that was a moment for me like seeing the clash between how recording technology has changed in 50 years really 50 60 years and it's it's a crazy thing to me to think about how it's like back in like the 20s for example robert johnson i don't know how he recorded or how any of his music got recorded but either way like you listen to it they still tried their best to capture that sound and how incredible that sound was and then you have people like jack white who restored those old booths that for uh, third man records in nashville i didn't get to record on it i'd like to record on it one of these days 100 percent going to within the near future but it's just a booth like they used to have in the 1930s i believe 1940s i'm paraphrasing but neil young recorded a whole album in that booth it's up on all the uh services I think that's one of the coolest... I think it's called A Letter Home. I I'm, I have no idea what it's called, to be honest. But it's a beautiful thing because it's just a microphone in this little booth. And Neil Young is just playing his guitar in it. And you can just rent little sessions. And it puts out a little vinyl uh, vinyl for you. It, 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 it just presses it right there. And, um, you know, it's a, definitely a cool little commemorative piece. And thank you... Uh, I believe he said there's two left in the world, and that was one of them right there. Or it might even be the only one left in the world. But either way, Jack White restored it and made it for the people, and I think that's the coolest thing ever. So thank you, Jack White, for that. But regardless, when it comes to recording and when it comes to music and when it comes to anything that you do for sound, you need to know where it came from. And you need to know where the beginnings of it how it all you need to know its history you need to know you know a lot of stuff like in order to think about music in a big way if you want to be a producer for example if you want to be a musician get your instrument get on it but if you want to be bigger than that and you want to be in other seats within the music field i highly recommend just digging back as far as you can with music and just creating with all those influences and also just taking notes mentally and if, if you want to take notes uh, with the pen go right ahead but if you would take mental notes of i'd like to use this i'd like to use that guitar sound i'd like to use that riff i'd like to use that drum fill whatever it may be just ensure that you keep pushing movie music forward and keep on creating at the end of the day. This is Brett Marcotte and this has been the Smiley Sound. Thank you for listening.